Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. All right, rock stars, welcome back to the show. I'm your host. My name is Dan, and I am so excited to be joined by yet another amazing agency rock star on our show. Joining me today, is the uh, he's the founder, he's the creative director, he is the CEO of a, an agency called Parametrics. He wears many hats, uh, but Parametrics uh, creates unforgettable digital experiences. So we're gonna have a great time today here. And his name is Messiah Willis. Messiah, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me, Dan. Can you wear one more hat? Maybe I mean, is it is founder not enough? Is like <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> you, you do a lot. This small but mighty agency, um, and I'd love to know yeah. the story, uh, Messiah, as how you got into the agency world. How did you start running an agency? Um, well, before I started running an agency, I had an art studio, um, and over at the art studio, I started designing websites for a few uh, artist friends and uh, you know some of my peers. Um, I was using Squarespace. Uh, Right on. There's a plug. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I started using Squarespace. It was pretty simple to use. Um, and I said, uh, they were paying me about like $500 uh, each each person. That was like a very small cost. Yeah. Um, so it started with websites uh, and with the artist studio. And from there, I said, maybe I should, uh, you know, start running some ads and do this as a freelancer. Um, doing it as a freelancer didn't work out uh, as good as starting an agency. Uh, things were pretty slow. Prices were pretty low. Um, so I said, let me team up with some people that are in the same space as me. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's found an agency. So that's pretty much how it started with uh, website design. Nice. Um, so I'm curious, when you found those folks to work with, how many of them are still with you? Uh, I got two of them. Two of them still here with me. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How, how important is it to find the right partners to start something for you? Uh, it's very important. Um, I, I tried to do a business, uh, when I'm, I'm going to say in high school, right. I wanted to do like a nonprofit organization, uh, to like feed the hungry. Um, and it started with uh, family it was very close. Um, and it didn't work out. Right. So I guess, uh, it's one of those old sayings, you don't do uh, business with friends and family. <laughs> so it didn't work out. So I learned very early on that, uh, the people I partner with are essential to, you know, a business success. Yeah. Um, something else to business essential to business success is, is the, the tactics and strategies and how we grow and scale. Right. So at, at parametrics, how have you grown and scaled over the last few years that you've been running this business? Um, well, we scaled primarily through referrals, believe it or not. Uh, we got into like a really good niche where we're working with like, uh, the real estate industry and some of the developers and, uh, builders that we work with, they do a ton of projects with a ton of different companies. And anytime a company needs anything in terms of like a website or some SEO or some compliance audits, they send them directly to us. Okay. Uh, so real estate's the, the niche that you're in. Uh, who else do you help then? 
Like, uh, we do like real estate uh, education and like uh, healthcare. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say we just uh, launched a new project with a laboratory down in Florida that's uh, a part of the CDC. So um, yeah, we got this contract right before the pandemic and the lockdown. And I want to say like three weeks into like the design and going back and forth with the client, we were like all forced to leave our offices and locked down. So that sucked. So it took uh, a pretty long time to get the, the project up and launched. So I'm really excited about that. It, it was fun. Um, and we're looking to do, you know, more business with uh, anybody in the healthcare sector. Yeah. Interesting. So when, when you think of these different clients that you've had, um, I, I love story time. So I want to hear a story yeah. from you, Messiah. Um, what is a story, uh, one of your favorites, maybe that highlights a specific way that you've helped your clients uh, do what they do best? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a client that we had that was in education. It was a small, like a uh, child daycare. Um, they had a website that was designed by, I guess, one of their friends and, um, you know, they wanted to come to some professionals and have it like redesigned. Yeah. Um, their UX, the user experience on their website was completely off. Right. So if you went to their website and you were interested in, you know, signing your child up for their daycare, or you wanted to learn more about their prices or anything, um, it would just send you to one blank contact page and the form, uh, would take forever to load. And like, Mm -hmm. it, it was just a horrible website. So we took their website, we redesigned it completely from scratch, and we focused primarily on UX. I want to say in the first two months, uh, we allowed them to do $90,000 in business um, just by fixing UX, right? They had no ads. They had a really strong social media presence. Um, The CEO was a phenomenal woman who, like, you know, built a really good community and would send people, you know, uh, the link directly to the website. And when we fixed the UX, they were able to, like, you know, click on buttons, fill out forms, submit them and give her all the information she needed. That way she could sign up the children. It's mind blowing how impactful simple things can be from that yeah. story. Like that's incredible. Um, how do you, like, how do you even go from, uh, I have a business, my friend designed this website to realizing yeah. I need, I need help. Like how do you help convince them of that? Do they just hear about it? Where does that even start? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, the, the first meeting, uh, it was definitely like, um, I don't want to say we, we didn't try that hard to convince them. Um, they came to us, they were like, look, we want a website that works. Um, you know, we have uh, a ton of parents and, uh, clients that come to us and they just don't want to use the website. They prefer to text me. They prefer to email me. So we're like, we can definitely fix this. And the CEO that we were working with, was like, I'm tired of dealing with, you know, physical paper. I wish everything could just be online. So like a full digital transformation. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we got this for sure. And we helped them. So like now you could go to their website and you could fill out all the forms, medical forms, um, everything you need to, to get a child into daycare directly from the site. Nice. So this digital transformation, I feel like in the last 12 months, especially has really ramped up, but it's been coming for a while. What are you seeing with the digital transformation conversation? Is it that much more powerful right now? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, all our clients, uh, since the pandemic had needed our services and need our service a lot more. Right. So we have another client in the real estate industry who, um, they do these town hall meetings uh, twice a month where they're letting, uh, you know, all their customers and consumers know the information and, uh, you know, allowing them to fill out forms and things, et cetera. Um, and they do um, virtually through Zoom. Right. So sometimes we have to send their Zoom meetings 
to like a YouTube API to bounce back on the website. That way, like, um, you know, anyone that's just browsing a website could tune into the virtual town halls. Um, so it's, it's really important. I think, um, even as things start to open back up, people are still going to rely heavily on digital. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great space to be in and I love it. Yeah. What kind of pain points do you see among your clients besides the digital transformation? Like what are the pain points across the industries that you work with? Uh, yeah. So I guess that the main pain point that I see is always UX, right? Um, uh, we're trying to make sure uh, whatever visitor is going to a website is not going to bounce, right? They can uh, find the buttons they need to find, find the forms they need to find, find contact information if they need it or more information on a company immediately, right? Because we realize when um, the UX is off, buttons are all over the place. Um, you can't really follow a website from top to bottom and get all the information you need. Uh, our clients' businesses suffer and they suffer greatly. So we make sure like, you know, we address all those problems, but I would say that's the number one pain point. And let me see if I can have a little bit of fun here. Um, maybe see if I can, we can argue. Uh, okay. what, is, what is more important, beautiful design or being able to use it, that UX side of it? Uh, I say being able to use it because, yeah. Uh, yeah, beautiful design is is relative, right? It's uh, it, it depends on the client, the consumer, the person. We get pitched all the time uh, with some crazy design ideas. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, it's, it's, you know, we're definitely in a space where you have to tell the client, listen, that's not going to work. Um, you know, when you have users come to the website, that's going to throw them off. They're not going to understand what to do. And you don't want that. So, uh, yeah, we go back and forth. We use some really good tools um, to kind of get the data, right? Because uh, when you're working with clients, sometimes they, they are very opinionated and they feel like they're right, right? Yeah. So we like to use data to make sure, like, listen, all right, we tried it your way. You know, a little bit of like A and B testing, like mm -hmm. we'll, we'll try it their way, we'll try it our way and, use, and let the data decide. Like, okay, here's where people are submitting forms and then here's where people are just bouncing off of the site. Gotcha. So it's not, it's less about opinion, more about showing the, the data and the value of what you're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, what, what, what do those tools look like? I mean, is it like heat mapping stuff? Is it just, you know, form fills? How do you tell that story as an, as an agency to convince them? Yeah. So we definitely use like uh heat mapping tools. Uh, I guess Hotjar is uh, one of the main ones uh, that we sure. use. We uh, also partner with another company called Databox. Um, and we get a lot of you know, data and we send these reports. Uh, and by default, we're using like a Google Analytics to like, uh, you know, see bounce rate, um, user journey, user flow directly on the website. Nice. Yeah, Databox is awesome. Peter and his team are fantastic. Yeah, plug right company. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny because I don't, that's not even necessarily part of my conversations on agency rock stars. I just, I know them. So, um, okay. That's awesome. Uh, what are you, what are you seeing, uh, for the future right now uh, of marketing? You know, we we're, we're hopefully coming through this pandemic vaccinations yeah. are out. You know, we've got some things in the, in the future for us that are looking good. Um, you mentioned earlier, Messiah, that you think that digital will still be a big part of it. Where yeah. do you think marketing is going from here over the next maybe 12 to 24 months? Uh, over the next 12, 24 months, the future of marketing, that's a great question. Uh, give me something to think about here. I think, um, well, I, I want to say like uh, things when things open up like restaurants, right? I think they're going to start to rely more heavily on, uh, marketing and especially things in the digital space, because, um, you know, the number one thing is you want to keep your customers and consumers informed, right? There's a tons of things. Some, you know, places have mandatory, uh, you know, 
what it temperature checks mm-hmm. um a, a ton of things uh you have to like book in advance different hours different things right so uh the digital space especially in marketing making sure that information is out for whoever needs it and uh you know needs to know what's the what's going on is uh I, I see that uh, being very important for the next twelve to twenty-four months. Yeah. Um, so let's talk tactics for just a minute here. You, it sounds like you're really you're very good at strategy. You're good at talking you know, things like UX um, are really important for you and, and your agency. Let's talk tactics for a minute here. I wonder. I often ask yeah. as a marketer myself, um, and then I get asked this a lot by you know my friends who have like micro businesses, solopreneurs, or whatever. Where should I spend my time? I hear this this new thing called Clubhouse. Should I be on Twitter still? What about you know is Pinterest a thing? Is our QR codes? If someone came to you and said, I can do one thing right now for the next three months, is there a tactic, a space you would send them, a thing you would have them do? What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, let me just uh, ask you a question. You mean in terms of like uh, marketing or just like advertising? Um, I mean, so advertising is a part of marketing, right? Is that how you look at it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess either way, is it more important to advertise and buy that attention or is it more important to do marketing and conversations and have more kind of an organic conversation? What, yeah. what would you tell me to do? Um, I say marketing and having an organic conversation. Uh, I find it to be uh, really powerful. Um, I'm now myself using Clubhouse. I think it's a really great tool, um, especially for like startups and founders. If you're a startup, you're a founder, I would definitely push you towards Clubhouse. Uh, because it's, it's new. Um, I don't think, I think everyone on Clubhouse has either been invited or had a friend like invite them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very new. It's very fresh. Um, I've been in some rooms where there's been over like, say like a few hundred people and uh, the admins are, if you raise your hand, they allow you to, you know, ask a question and this gives you direct access to some big people and some big names in different industries. So I would, I would push that um, Clubhouse, uh, especially like, you know, startups, technology companies for Clubhouse. Um, depending on the industry, I do find different uh, social uh, media channels working differently, right? Um, fashion, beauty, e-commerce, I still believe heavily in like Instagram and Facebook, uh, their platforms with advertising and using data to like, you know, find uh, the ideal customer are still phenomenal. Um, yeah, that, that that's, cool. that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's funny. The way you described Clubhouse reminds me, were, were you in on Quora in the early days? No, 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 yeah. no, no. It's like that. You know, when I first, when Quora first came out and hit the scene, it was like, okay, that's where all of the the founders are. You can reach them without yeah. filters. You can ask them questions. Like it was amazing. And now it sounds like Clubhouse is kind of the same thing. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working with a company right now that's like interested in like, you know, pitching some VCs. Um, so I'm a part of this clubhouse, uh, with, uh, Brooklyn bridge, uh, ventures and the, the founder of that, that, that firm is on there and you get direct access to him, right? You could just raise your hand, ask him a question, get to know his personality. And these are things that are working better than like just email or phone call, you know, because (laughs) if, if they don't know you, you're going to waste some time to, you know, get a response, but here you direct access. That's cool. It's a hot tip. There you go. Listeners get on clubhouse. Yeah. So I've got one big question coming up here, but I want to make sure everybody who's listening, who is enjoying that has that direct access. You just talked about Messiah. Um, yeah. Where do you send our audience to learn more about you and the, the business? Uh, you can learn more about me and my business, Parametrics at www.parametrics.com. Um, yeah. My bio is there. All our services there. Our case studies are there. Um, yeah. 
and very easy to find by the way on LinkedIn. So, uh, that was, that was good. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. So here's, here's the big question for you. Uh, okay. Is there, is there anything over the years that you've heard that seems counterintuitive as advice? Uh, but once you embrace it really has a big impact on your business. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. huh. Advice. All right. Um, I could, I could go. Uh, all right, let's go. Um, I, I did receive some advice from a mentor of mine. Um, who was telling me like to not uh, invest heavily in like um, Google advertising. Um, there were some complaints. I, I won't say them now about uh, Google ads, um, but it, they were just like, it's not a good service. It's not going to work. Um, there's a tons of people they have like, all right, I don't want to give you the complaints because I, I feel like I'm about to go into it. Yeah. So I didn't do it for a while. Um, I just did like Facebook ads, Twitter ads, trying to get clients and new customers. And then I said, you know what? Let me give these Google ads a try. I gave Google ads a try. I want to say in June 2018. And I was able to find my biggest client to date on there. Right. Um, They came in. It was a great guy, director of IT at uh, one of the real estate companies that I work with. Mm -hmm. And from Google, we were able to work with three of their companies right off the bat. So, um, yeah, th- wow. that was some, some advice that, uh, I shouldn't have listened to as, as soon as I got it. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Uh, actually, listen, Messiah Willis, the CEO founder of Parametrics. Thank you so much for being a rock star in the world of agency work and for being on agency rock stars, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me Dan. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.